Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. The Dairy Classic Car Show opens up today, running all weekend long. Come see these beautiful restorations, all the while wishing someone loved you as deeply as these people love their cars. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Honk honk, dear readers. I, I, I guess we should point out Ben uh, Ben just bought a brand new broken down car he found on the side of the road and hasn't gotten it up and running, so he hasn't been able to make it into studio today. So we have him over Zoom. Is this k- kayfabe? Yeah. The podcast <laughs> kayfabe? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I bought the Wienermobile, and it's, it's uh, <laughs> not cutting the mustard. hey Christine. Love, I love the <laughs> idea that your dream car is a derelict Wienermobile. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Are you kidding me? And today we are covering uh, the book Christine, which is a Patreon selection from Brad Hahn, and we are covering through chapter 33, and CM is leading our discussion. CM, take it away. Thanks, Josh. Right away, I like how this book kicks things off in the prologue, because having grown up in the 80s and 90s, I tend to be very nostalgic for the type of introduction that we get here. So we have Dennis, a jock and good friend of the main not character, but subject of our story, who is Arnie. And he's giving us the book version of that cafeteria breakdown with the jocks over here and the druggies over here, the smart kids, all of that. And all of that to illustrate that Arnie doesn't fit in with any of them, except inexplicably, he fits in with Dennis. And we learn two more things about Arnie in this prologue. He's smart And he's good with cars, which should actually help him fit into at least two groups, I would think. But he's still an outcast. And it ends in a deliciously foreboding way. The day Arnie found Christine. And here Dennis says, He fell hard for her, and it got bad quick and worse in a hurry. I have a treat for you guys. Okay. I don't know anything about cars. And in an effort to educate myself, I went to Google and I researched car puns. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my best to sprinkle in some of my favorites throughout this episode in order to fuel you two with laughter. Beautiful. Beautiful start. Oh, and I almost forgot one for the prologue. Dennis might also have said that once Arnie met Christine, things escalated quickly oh my god all right okay yeah. that even took, i was like what the fuck do escalators have anything to do with cars dm you are off to it but no it got me um so okay so right off the start i want to disagree with something cm said was it my pun Yes, I strongly disagree. No, of course, I love puns. You said that Arnie is not our main character. And this is my first problem with the book, because I don't 
know if you're right or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either, which is why I took what, if you called the cheater's way out, I could not disagree. And I referred to Arnie (laughs) as the main subject of our book. Yeah, it's the the first, uh, the book is, of course, split up into three books because gang. And the first part is Dennis, Teenage Car Songs. And it is narrated from the perspective of Dennis Gilder, Arnie's inexplicable best friend, who might have characteristics. Uh, <laughs> but the book is not about Dennis at all. He's just our narrator, our window into the story of Arnie's relationship with Christine. Mm-hmm. But in book two, Arnie, uh, what is the teenage love song? Yeah. Dennis is not our narrator. There is no narrator. Yeah, Arnie is not our narrator either. That bothered me so <laughs> much. Because I, I halfway expected book two to be narrated by Arnie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be so cool to get his side of things. What, what, what did you guys think of the switching narrative styles? I'm, I'm reserving judgment until we get to book three of this. Because if all three of them are distinctly different, I can be on board for a stylistic choice. If Dennis is the only chapter that is a first-person narrator, it'll feel really weird. I disagree, though, because think about the reason why he's no longer a narrator for this part. Right, which is also, that I think is pretty great, a great way to take this character fully out of the story so he can't stop shit from going so much further in the wrong direction. I, I guess that does make sense. I will say something about Arnie that I really like when we first get his description uh, from Dennis there with their inexplicable, inexplicable friendship. Uh, as he describes Arnie as someone who knows how to maximize rainy days. <laughs> and for what, where Arnie is at the end of our reading, this is such a drastic shift from where he starts to where he ends. And I think that that's great. I will say I, I do like the description of several characters. This is a well-written book. It's fine. It's it's fine, (laughs) guys. We're going to dive into chapter one. We kick things off instantly with Arnie seeing Christine, which probably is no surprise to hardly anyone because this book has been around for quite a while. Christine is a 1958 Plymouth Fury. I love the detail here, though, because knowing nothing about cars except killer puns. Get out. Hope you guys aren't getting tired of it too yep yes i can actually picture christine perfectly right down to the way the hot stale air smells when arnie opens the door christine is messed up when he finds her i will say from the moment he because they're driving past and he yells at dennis to stop the car and go back because he just saw something amazing and then dennis sees this car and he's like this thing is busted as hell this is kind of disgusting but arnie's immediately in love Th- that's a meat cute for the two of them right mm-hmm. yeah it's like he just he sees <laughs> arnie for some reason he sees past all of the flaws that are there and sees what uh, what she can be when she's restored and he's just immediately in love with this idea and he has to have her let's go over the detail of what is wrong with christine because this becomes very important throughout the book what isn't wrong with Christine? Her windshields crack to hell. The The tires are rotted. There's rust all over. 
Most of the, I think the headlights and taillight bulbs are all broken. The interior is slashed up and God, what else? There's a giant puddle of oil underneath her. Yes. And Dennis is like, that, like that's the worst thing a car can do. You don't want uh, a cracked, oh, let's pretend I know whatever uh, that part is called. Uh, <laughs> engine block? Is yes. That the cracked engine yeah, block. Yeah, there you okay. go. <laughs> that sounds right. I, I had an engine block. <laughs> no, no. I'm gonna leave the I'm gonna leave the puns to CM on this one. I, I love that you tried so hard. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, sorry. Soon after Arnie sees Christine, we meet the owner, Roland LeBay, who just sucks all around. <laughs> Anyway, this guy is a racist and a jerk off, and he's just a grumpy old man and beyond. He got Christine brand new, so he's been her only owner. And Dennis is doing his best to make sure that Arnie does not get suckered, but it was too late. Like, there was no chance for Dennis to intervene. Arnie makes a deal with LeBay for $250, which with inflation is almost $700 in today's money. And he doesn't have enough cash, so he ends up putting 10% down, so he's going to have to go back another day and finish the transaction. Dennis is surprised by how hard Arnie has fallen for this hunk of junk. Christine is so messed up that it's hard to imagine that she's even going to start. Dennis notices that LeBay isn't surprised at all, and he at first attributes this to the man's age. He's been in the war, he's in his 70s, he's seen a lot of stuff. But he says that it was only later he came to believe that his odd sureness might come from other sources. Did, did that stand out to you guys, either of you? Honestly, I completely missed that. I think I was just really tired of hearing LeBay talk. <laughs> yeah, I was. Okay, so you say you were tired of hearing him talk. I felt tired of somehow, and I was listening to this, not only hearing him talk, but I was tired of looking at him and smelling him. <laughs> you really had a sensory experience <laughs> yeah, with this. I did. I, I think this character might actually be a large part of my history with this book and why I have been dreading reading fucking christine i have tried reading christine this is my fourth time and i do not think i ever made it past chapter three because (laughs) i fucking hate this guy and uh to to a lesser extent arnie's wiener parents i thought it was because you wore a back brace as a child (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's Bad memories of being uh, an awful... They used to call me the aluminum monster. Uh, Nice. I can't wait to hear what you think of him later on, because you've never heard, since you never made it that far, just how truly awful he is. But we'll put a pin in that for now. Because right now, we're going to meet, as you mentioned, Michael and Regina Cunningham, Arnie's parents. Dennis and Arnie go back to Arnie's place And that's where we meet Michael and Regina, who initially, on paper, sound like cool fucking people. They're environmentalists, they protest against racial inequality, but they're described in such a way that makes them seem very... The word that came to my mind was insufferable. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I fully get that. It was so late 70s. It's, It's that thing where things written before, like, 1990, people that 
all you had to say is someone was vegetarian and <laughs> you're supposed to go, oh, these people are idiots. <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're described in this stereotypical, like, liberal, liberal goofball way where, oh, can you believe they're trying to raise their child to be a good person? <laughs> what, what wieners? I like the description of Michael, though, when Dennis is describing him. He says he's wearing blue jean cutoffs and looking like his best friend just died. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, it's just such a... You can tell from Jump Street that Michael's kind of a wiener. As we go on with these two, I'm going to kind of go back and forth about what I think of each of them. But immediately... Say, you really? <laughs> yes. We'll get into no, it. No, absolutely. All right. Yeah. yeah. So their personalities come out in in more of a negative way in this scene because as soon as Arnie tells them that he bought a car, they lose their minds. Well, Regina loses her mind and Michael follows heel. Even though Arnie's parents in this scene are being kind of, I would say, shitty to him, what actually stood out to me the most about this was Dennis's experience because you have this... You know, this kind of typical, your best friend, you go over to their house all the time, their parents are like your second set of parents, and your parents are like your friend's second set of parents, and you just have that good relationship, and you grew up together. And Regina turns on Dennis, and it reminds him of a time when they were little and Ernie got hurt, and she totally blamed him. And it's it was weird because I've, I've been in that situation where an adult does not act like an adult and just emotionally scars you just in a very minor way. And you lose this sense of trust you have about people in that moment. And I don't know, for me, I was like, Oh, I know exactly how he feels. That's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It starts our, uh, our relationship off with Arnie's parents on a very bad note, which is weird for the rest of the story. Because like we said, they're not, completely terrible people yeah there's shades of gray and and we'll get to that they but just they think they know what's best especially regina believes she knows what's best for everybody because she's a control freak i don't <laughs> like the way you're looking at me what, what? i didn't look at you in <laughs> okay. any specific way okay. or did i uh, yeah there we go <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not insinuating anything, Regina. I mean, I mean, CM. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. You're lucky you're miles away. <laughs> hey, let's steer this conversation oh, in another direction. I love it. I hate this episode. <laughs> okay, our big takeaway from the scene before we move on is that, yes, Regina is upset because she controls every aspect of everything in everyone's life around her. And it becomes clear very quickly that this is one thing she has absolutely no control over. So the next day, Dennis picks up Arnie for work. They have a summer job. And Arnie says something here that this is the only quote I wrote down in the book. He asks Dennis if he's if it's ever occurred to him, the parents are nothing but overgrown kids until their children drag them into adulthood, usually kicking and screaming. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's a great line. There are some great just single lines in this book. What's funny to me is that it's it's the opposite of what you normally hear about having children. People always refer to having children as having a sense of immortality, where here Arnie is positing the exact opposite. 
So we find out just how serious Arnie is about Christine as he's telling Dennis about the rest of the argument You know, after Dennis left. He essentially had really pulled out all the stops. He threatened that he wouldn't go to college. He wouldn't pass his high school classes if it came down to it, which is nuts considering that at this point during this argument, he doesn't even technically own Christine yet <laughs> and literally has only looked at her once and sat behind the wheel and that's it. Okay, this is a point I want to I want to ask you guys about. This is the this scene where he's having this argument with his parents. We are seeing it through Dennis's eyes. And he is telling us that this is so unlike Arnie. Arnie has been just under his parents' thumb his entire life. Him speaking back and all of this is supposed to be this shocking turn of events. But this is literally the first thing we're seeing Arnie. (laughs) I had that same feeling. But Right? So as readers... Did you guys have problems? I felt that I wanted more, even just a one more chapter of just Arnie as this little wimp. Yeah, that showing we never see him as showing him how he was before Christine. No, nope. yes, because no. we don't get no? that change. No, nope. I love it. I love it. I understand where you're coming from, and it makes a lot of sense. And I. See how you guys feel that way, and I could very easily feel the same way, except for me, this being done in this way, I liked that push-pull of Dennis doing his best to tell us, this is this person, this is my best friend, this is his character and who he is, and we don't get that. We just see him on his downward spiral, and the desire that I have that makes me want to see the guy that Dennis sees and the guy that Dennis knows Arnie is, and we're not getting that makes his descent into madness, I guess all the more tragic for me. So it makes you, it makes you want to root for Arnie a little bit to be the person Dennis keeps saying, this is not him. This is the kind of person he is, even though he's not acting like it. Like that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I see that. Oh no. I, I also had trouble. We're never given any indication that Dennis is an unreliable narrator, but I kept having moments because this is literally posited as this is Dennis telling us a few years later, the story of what he remembers. It's Mm -hmm. a joy land. It's a revival. And there just kept being little things where he was like, so unsure of something, or he was so adamant about describing like, Arnie was a really great guy, I promise. I don't know. It, it was just, I, I had a hard time trusting. It It's weird because it's, uh, so we're supposed to know that this is being narrated by a 21-year-old man. But King also has to give us the 17-year-old version of this mm-hmm. kid. So I feel like that part that you're talking about, it speaks to that child childishness and vulnerability that you have as a teenager so he is unsure but it's confusing for us as a reader because we know that our narrator is an adult who's reflecting on this right and we had that a little bit when we did joyland like we had that discussion that sometimes it doesn't sync up just right because i think you you lose you lose who exactly is telling the story and when they're telling the story sometimes and that's why those things don't jive 
It's a very interesting point. So they go to their summer job the next day, and then after work, they punch out, head to LeBay's so that Arnie can finish his transaction. And on the way, they have a candid discussion, and we find out what it is that is drawing Arnie to Christine. And I thought this was a really beautifully presented moment because ultimately, he says that she's ugly like him on the outside, but like him, there's something underneath that not many people can see or appreciate. So he is to Christine what Dennis is to him, someone who sees what's really there, someone who sees the worth. And I think that's the moment that Dennis really, really understands and is on board of like, I think this is stupid. You're biting off more than you can chew. But like he's speaking to Dennis in a way that Dennis understands. Mm -hmm. You guys, how ugly is Arnie? (laughs) early on very ugly very ugly a very ugly boy i don't don't believe it literally (laughs) the only thing that we are given to be like arnie is an ugly piece of shit is he has lots of pimples lots of oozing pimples do you have to be what's that it's it's not how many pimples you have. It is the activity of those pimples. Yeah. Are they in motion? And I think they're describing. It does. He describes his face as oozing. He is described as like a fucking garbage pail kid. Like what is. 100%. I don't know what face that was that Ben made. I've never seen it on a person before. It's like you were trying to shit out that memory from your head. Okay. Um, I have a problem because I've watched Christine a lot, and I can only picture Keith Gordon, who is not ugly. So it's ruined for me. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, is that uh, to get a little ahead of the story... Once he gets Christine and as he starts working on her, he gradually loses the pimples and immediately gets the hottest girl in school. Dennis is like, oh, yeah, he he actually looks pretty good. (laughs) I can can fix this in a way that will equate it to something we just read. Him buying Christine is just his fucking Elvis into attractiveness. Uh, What? That that was a real roller coaster of a sentence, <laughs> the way you put it. But I do understand I, what thank you. I do uh, not. Myra, I Elvis, Myra Evans. Myra Evans. Fucking Elvis. Fucking Elvis into, into beauty. Pretty. Oh, sorry. You said Elvis, and I immediately cringed and didn't understand the rest of what you said. It is. It is the 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 description of. It's not just that she was fucking Elvis so much. Jeez, oh, I wish you quit saying that. <laughs> it's that she also stopped eating junk food and drinking a gallon of soda a day and because her focus yeah her the purpose of (laughs) orgasming with the king oh my god (laughs) and (sighs) so so arnie's not he's focusing on the car he's not uh hanging out and having pizza and pepsi with with dennis he's not doing all the those things that uh, helped induce his acne so it's all kind of clearing up and he's getting confident and all that Sure, but my problem wasn't that he was mad. Christine was magically taking away his pimples, which honestly would have been fine with that. Who cares? (laughs) Magic evil car, whatever. I can suspend my disbelief. My problem is that it's the equivalent of the 
girl in a teen rom-com who takes off her glasses and puts her hair down and suddenly she's super <laughs> yes <laughs> yep 100 percent. yeah so right after we have this this heartfelt speech we get to see arnie go from zero to ten in an instant because they pull up to LeBay's and christine is nowhere in sight because she's in the garage Calm down, Arnie. <laughs> I, I, I kind of get it. Like, have you ever wanted something so bad that you just lost yourself in it? Yeah. And he's also really like the, a part of him thinks that his parents might have had something to do with it. Because now mm-hmm. he's. Uh, OK, this is I'm going to go back to needful things as I will for the rest of my life. He's going real Buster Keaton <laughs> as the like from this point on people are persecutors yes. of him and he just sees it everywhere uh, so the fact they're that they're not they're not persecutors <laughs> josh oh what are they what then? are they oh can i do it i love it i know you guys hate yes it. absolutely they're... that is the biggest shock we'll get this episode i think they're shitters <laughs> i i imagine coming in and all three of us being like they say it so much it's, uh, shitters. It's, it's because when I watch the movie with my friends and he starts saying shitters, we're all like, what? And then we we were kind of trying it on for size. And then we started doing it as a joke. And every few years I try to bring it back. So it's it holds an endeared place in my heart. <laughs> that makes sense. Because I was really expecting it to be a fatty daddy situation. <laughs> anyway. So the, Dennis, <laughs> Dennis was right to describe Christine as Arnie's first love, because that's really what this kid is dealing with. He doesn't have the emotional maturity or capacity to deal with these very intense and deep emotions. So while Bay and Arnie are wrapping things up inside, Dennis wisely does not want to go into this dude's house, which I wouldn't either. There's probably no clean place to sit, which is what I'm imagining. Dennis goes into the garage to check things out. And this is where we find out that Christine is a slut. (laughs) (laughs) What? She just wants to cruise. She wants to cruise with anyone who will get inside her. Yeah. So Dennis is, he's looking at the car because his interest is how fucked is my friend? Like how bad off is this vehicle? And he's just looking at all the damage. But all of a sudden he has this, he describes it as a vision of Christine fixed up and he he sits down inside and he can smell the fresh leather and she whispers to him, let's go for a ride, big guy. Let's cruise. That's why I said she's a slut. Yeah. She belongs to Arnie. He's paying for her. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I'm sorry. She wow. is a sex wow. worker. Yeah. She is a sex worker. Honestly, that is something that I would expect from this book. A little <laughs> bit of casual misogyny in here, guys. <laughs> Uh, it, I think it's around this point that Dennis talks about how cars, they have to always be women, especially when you're cursing. They are always female and you have to curse them female, I think he says. Okay, the, you guys, nothing is going to make sense for me tonight with this book because normally I would fucking hate that. And the the way, the, the charm maybe, I, I don't know what it is. The way Dennis describes it, I loved it. Because <laughs> he, he's describing... 
he gets out of the car. He's freaked out naturally. Like he has like the only reasonable reaction you could have to a car whispering to you and looking pretty all of a sudden. That when the deal's done, Arnie comes back out and he's trying to start it. And Dennis is like certain it's not going to start. And he's getting angry on Arnie's behalf and he's shooting LeBay dirty looks. And he's just like, okay, what are we going to do when this thing doesn't start? And he imagines that Arnie's going to do that thing where he's like, come on, you piece of shit. Come on, you bitch. But instead, Arnie's very gentle and kind. And he's just like coaxing, like, come on, Christine. And so Dennis is talking about, you know, Ben, what you're talking about was dad's passing on um, talismans, words of power. And I, I like his examples that he gave, like, uh, come on, you cocksucker is always a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about that. I guess, oh, it's because when I'm mad at things, I call them cocksuckers. So I was like, yep. <laughs> get it. I call everything a piece of shit. That's what I do. Makes sense. Non-gender specific piece of shit. Oh, everything's a bitch to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, chapter five. Are you guys ready? Ben, are you ready for the kingiest king chapter in this book? <laughs> <laughs> the, this book's wow. edition of Stephen King hates fat people. Oh my god! Oh, so Christine gets a flat in front of the home of the most irritating characters we meet, and I'm pretty sure that this scene lasts for four hours, real time. Honestly, if you we don't have to talk <laughs> yeah. about this scene, we just have to say go watch an episode of Jerry Springer where someone banged someone's cousin who was also their brother, and that's this scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just and inexplicably in the middle of this Pennsylvania town, there's one street that's just full of hillbillies. <laughs> it's so wild. And then, yeah, in in real time, Dennis is just like, Arnie, you stay here with the car and get yelled at. I'm going to go buy a tire and stare at the sunset. For a <laughs> <laughs> I just like that when he comes back and it's the um, the guy posturing. Like the 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 big burly dude who are like, you want to fight? You want to fight? But you know they don't want to fight. They don't have any part of this. And he's just like, hey, I know you couldn't control getting a flat tire in front of my house, but you get the fuck out of the front of my house, you piece of shit. It's uh, what Arnie later calls a bit of pushy pushy. Yes. Also, I love that. very king. Yes. <laughs> a very king phrase. Meaning, of course, something no human being has ever said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After they leave the most annoying family, they go to a place called Darnell's Garage, where Arnie can store Christine for just 20 bucks a week. This is a do-it-yourself repair facility. Darnell is a fat, angry king character. <laughs> I have to say that the reason I brought up the fat thing, because this is my own personal issue... I do love the way he describes Darnell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is, this is paraphrased, but he is introduced as this big, fat, crooked businessman. <laughs> I believe the sense is that William Dar or Will Darnell had the odd, almost feminine grace of a man with a long history of fatness who looks into the future and sees more of the same. And that is the funniest fucking line I've ever heard. It was, I was amazing. Like, well, shit, that's, that's relatable. Boy, howdy, you got me. I loved it. This book is well written. 
It really is. <laughs> it, there's there's a few lines. I still don't know if I agree completely, but there's a few lines that really got me. I honestly, as much as we're you're supposed to hate Will Darnell as soon as you meet him, I kind of like him. I do too. <laughs> we're not given a like. He cusses out Arnie when he first brings him into the, the Christine into the shop. He gives him shit. Dennis is like, oh, this piece, this asshole. Every there's rumors that he's a criminal, and we later found find out he's a criminal. But like, he just he like cusses out his friend. And he's like, oh, this guy's a dick. But then he saves Arnie from getting his ass kicked, gives him a good job, and like really helps this kid out with what his like uh, hobby. Which is also a really good, well-paying job. Yeah. <laughs> What's he, not to like? Well... So uh, what if he had to run some cocaine? Yeah. That's, What's a little cocaine between friends? You know what? I guess I can't argue with that, so we're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Dennis and Arnie leave Christine at Darnell's, and on the way home, Arnie goes into hysterics, which reminded me we recently read uh, LT's Theory of Pets from Everything's Eventual, and there's a, a man breaking down crying scene in that. And I couldn't help but think of that scene when I was reading this because he just out of nowhere is just sobbing. And Dennis is like, oh, oh, what do I do? <laughs> Doesn't quite know how to handle it. And it's just an interesting scene because like throughout all of this and like I just want to go through and list them, but that would take forever. So I'm not going to. But we get from Dennis all these little these moments of friendship that are reminiscent of who Arnie used to be, like these glimpses that I love, and then sort of simultaneous with that, these changes in personality that happen from the very first moment he sees Christine. It just makes me so sad because the way that these two friends are together, like they're friends. They, they're just fun and funny and you want everything to be okay for them. So Arnie eventually calms down. They go to his house. His parents are still pissed and Dennis takes off to go home. And guys, what are brown sugar sandwiches? Oh, you've never had a brown sugar sandwich? Is that a yeah. thing? No, that's 100% a thing. That's a... In, in the it, Midwest where I live? And yeah. By, yeah. It's the same thing no, you've ever had a syrup sandwich? I... No, okay, so I had to Google this because I thought that he was confused. Like, <laughs> I thought that he... <laughs> I thought that he meant French toast, maybe? <laughs> Like he didn't know what French toast was called. <laughs> anyway, that okay, so yeah, that's a thing, and I was just deprived of it, I suppose. Yeah, and you didn't miss anything. Anyway, we meet Dennis's family, <laughs> and he has a sister, and it is super important for us to know that she is going to grow up to be just super freaking hot. <laughs> okay. Do you think King sometimes forgets that we're reading from, like, the character's perspective? The brother? <laughs> I, yeah, I okay. This chapter is what where I need to talk about. What is Dennis's fucking deal? I don't understand Dennis as a person. We are told he's Arnie's only friend, but Dennis is cool. I guess even though he is a football star, he is dating a cheerleader who he does not name. For a long time. Oh, she has a name. Just, it's it's tits it's on Roseanne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's he's just like, 
oh, I'm dating this cheerleader, but I don't like her very much. We're supposed to be like, is Dennis cooler than Arnie? Because he sure does love talking about his little sister's boobs and thinking about his parents fucking. What, what is Dennis's deal? Dennis is going through some stuff, man. He's a hormonal teenager, He's, I guess. Yeah. Weren't you guys ever teen boys? Thinking I, about your yeah, I was. sister's boobs. No. No. I have never once had a tickle fight with my little sister. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Unacceptable, just some, I think some families do that. We're going to get into the type of family Dennis has. But for right now, we we get something else about his family. And that, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so amused by this. But him and his dad take a moment to accidentally sort of begrudgingly make fun of his mom for writing shitty poetry. <laughs> I want to be mad at them here, but I just couldn't be. So I get it. It was, it was actually very well done. Cause yeah. I also wanted to be like, Oh, he's just making fun of a woman for having an interest, but it's not, it's written mm-hmm. in such a way that it's like, they're not making fun of her for wanting to be a writer. They're making fun of her in that way that you just kind of make fun of your family sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, they eat their brown sugar sandwiches, catch up, play games together. <laughs> Dennis uh, teases his sister and her boobs. They seem like a really nice family, and I do like them. But later that night, Dennis has a nightmare about Christine. And I know it's a really cool nightmare and all, but and this goes back to what kind of family this is. I just really want to know why he's sleeping naked. When you live on your own, sleep naked. When there are other people in your house that you're related to, what if there's a fire? Don't sleep naked. Sleep in underwear. Uh, Oh, I think we know Josh comes from a naked house, Ben. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been through two house fires, and afterwards I slept fully clothed (laughs) for at least three years. Wait, so why did you seem astonished when I didn't want them to sleep naked? Because I slept fully clothed. (laughs) And just because something is the exact opposite of me (laughs) doesn't make it wrong. I'm not judging you, man. (laughs) I triggered Josh. (laughs) Yeah, this is another... But this, you're right, it is another weird scene. This, This chapter with him at home is with his family has a weird amount of sexual stuff. Well, yeah. He tickles his sister and is like, this feels weird now that she has boobs. It's like, yeah, Dennis, it does. And then he's like, oh, his parents are going upstairs to have sex. Huh. Don't want (laughs) to think about that. Neither do we, Dennis. (laughs) He has a nightmare and wakes up and his family sees his pubes. And we're like, this is unnecessary information. <laughs> yeah, it's not important to the story. Well, and he's and, and there's a part, I don't remember if it's quite here or later, but he's talking about his sister talking about being on her period. And on one hand, I I fucking love this scene because he's describing her as being like super proud of having her period. I'm like, you go. <laughs> like, yeah, get it. But then on the other hand, he says that she's been proud of it ever since she got it 14 months ago. I guarantee you that if you ask my brother if he now or ever at any point in the past or in the future knows literally anything about my periods or even his wife's, 
he would not be able to tell you. Why does Dennis know she's had her period for 14 months? Because she's very proud of it. Because it's a naked house. They live <laughs> in a naked, a naked house. house. <laughs> I just I want to point out that we've been talking for fifty oh, minutes and have no. not gotten oh, okay. to anything about the car. I I'm going to speed this up. <laughs> we're on like chapter we, five. We are, we been, it is fifty minutes into this episode. And we have just talked have about weird just home lives. You guys, we only made it to chapter five. <laughs> oh my god! It's chapter Salem's three. Lot all over again. Okay, we find out that Arnie is getting more involved with Darnell, which, as we said, could be a problem because Darnell is probably not a very outstanding guy. And Arnie is trading errands for the use of machinery and tools so that he can work on Christine and start those repairs. We also meet a guy named Henry. I mean, Billy, I mean, Ace, I mean, Buddy, Buddy Repperton. <laughs> Fucking greasers, man. They're he, everywhere. Yeah, he is your beloved King Greaser bad guy. He's always causing trouble, always getting kicked out of school, being an asshole. But the interesting thing about him, though, is that he's described as having this mean sort of intelligence behind his eyes, which you don't always see with King Greasers. Usually there's a lack of intelligence there. So Dennis uh, picks up Arnie and he notices, you know, one day that Arnie has a black eye and Arnie doesn't want to talk about it at first. But after a long way of a long day of work, they stop for pizza on the way home and he eventually opens up and tells Dennis what happened. I fucking love this scene. It just it's it starts out like, yeah, buddy Repperton, like we got into a fight, whatever. And in my head, I'm like, oh, he's going to go into this thing about how he got his ass kicked and it's going to be kind of embarrassing. No, that's not what happens through sheer blind luck. And I think closing his eyes and just swinging into the air, (laughs) he actually gets the better of Buddy in this back and forth. And because Darnell has been kind of on his case, he thought, you know, this fight's going to be the end of my time there. I don't know what to do with Christine because my parents aren't going to let me keep Christine at the house. Darnell ends up kicking Buddy out because he knows that he started it all. Mm -hmm. that's like when that turn with Darnell starts to happen. This is a cool scene too, because it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with the way that it is written. Arnie tells Dennis a story, but then Dennis gets the full story, like through that combination of Arnie and another kid from school who saw it happen. So it's kind of cool. We get, we get a little more detail than Arnie would have been willing to give. Uh, So Dennis and his girlfriend tits on legs, go to see Grease. And he is very shallow about the way he describes her. I still can't hate him, though. I want to. Anyway, I I turned on Roseanne when she called him Den Den. I was like, okay, (laughs) yep, gross. Moving on. Anyway, Dennis gets this idea that he's going to tell Arnie, hey, you should offer to pay LeBay to rent his garage because that guy would definitely take money from you. And Arnie's like very funny and hangs up and Dennis is confused, finds out when he looks at the paper that LeBay died. So Arnie mistakenly thinks that Dennis is giving him shit, which is pretty <laughs> unfair of Arnie <laughs> to Dennis. Dennis has been nothing but a good friend to him. So he decides to go to LeBay's funeral with Arnie and they meet LeBay's younger brother, George. Much nicer guy than Roland. He's a high school teacher and Arnie very intensely begs him to let him use the garage before the house is sold to fix Christine. But George is also weird about Christine, just like Dennis. Yeah, like, no, fuck that. Junk it, sell it, get rid of it. You don't want any part of this car, and I don't want it anywhere near me anymore. Mm-hmm. Peace out. Four leaves. 
very good reason. Oh, yeah, because De- Dennis kind of sneaks away a minute and catches up with George and is like, yeah, we need to talk. So they make a plan to He's meet like, up find later. find me at the motel. Which Here's is creepy. <laughs> it's the 70s. So they he meets up with him, and this is when we find out the history of Christine, which my first time experiencing this, I did not expect. We find out uh, from George the, the long history that first of all, his brother was always a dick mm-hmm. like that. I, I did uh, not enjoy. That's not the right word, but the, the backstory of like when Rolly and him were kids, he literally just threw a baby across the lawn because he was in his way. Yeah. But he was just always this angry, angry person until he was finally able to buy this car. Christine, the Marston house of cars. Yeah. (laughs) Christine, uh, he says basically the exact same thing we heard about the Marston house. It has absorbed the negative energy. Ghosts might not be real, but emotions live on because not only was Roland a complete piece of shit, but two deaths were linked directly to this car yeah he roland got married had a baby what you would think would be the things that would he'd be the happiest about but still he's never been happy about anything his six-year-old daughter dies in the back seat choking to death on a hamburger and he never for a second considered selling the car and getting rid of it afterwards six months later his wife veronica put a rubber hose from the exhaust, ran into the car, and killed herself in the driver's seat of the car. And he still kept it. It's dark. And and I think it's an important distinction to make between LeBay always being a jerk and Dennis really trying desperately to convince us that Arnie is not. Because, and King does a fantastic job of showing us this, but Arnie is withdrawing from everyone while also somehow becoming more confident all at the same time but his behavior is changing it's erratic but in other circumstances the way he's sort of being assertive and sticking up for himself would be a positive thing and he's also experiencing physical changes that kind of mimic LeBay and so I, I think too that's why Dennis wants us to know that he's a good person because LeBay is the one who yeah. filled Christine with hatred that has lived on. And that is what yeah, is infecting I, Arnie. I see. It, I, I do I, I do get it. And to a degree, like, that, it's kind of a cool point. But literally, <laughs> near the end of this section, when Arnie starts wearing a back brace, and I was like, fuck, he's a were-old man. <laughs> like, <he's- laughs> I, really, I really hope he's- the back brace, because he keeps, like... He just gives a generic reason for why he's wearing it, and it seems really flimsy. Actually, this is kind of cool. I hadn't thought about it until now. Is In the first book, narrated by Dennis, he just is like, oh, he hurt his back out on a run, junking a car. He pushed it too far. But at the end of the last chapter uh, that we read here, Arnie is thinking about why his back hurts. And that's not when he hurt his back. How he hurt his back is something so awful that he 
doesn't he shrinks away yeah. from it and we don't know why i That's can't i can't wait to find out i'm so excited <laughs> Another quick thing to mention, uh, when Dennis goes home, he gets a little more information about Darnell being a crook from his dad, because we find out that his dad, who is an accountant, used to do Darnell's books. And it's a cool scene because his dad is like, yeah, I kind of figured out that things were happening that I was not going to be okay with. And we had this sort of like dance and he was trying to feel me out and see how he could get me to come to his side. And I made it very clear that that was not what I was all about. So he's giving Dennis... A very wise warning to be Arnie's eyes and watch out for him because he can tell that Arnie's getting in deep as well. It, it, it's a very touching moment with his very wise nude dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we didn't mention he's just sitting in the recliner naked. <laughs> Arnie goes on a little family vacation with his mom and dad. And before they leave, Michael, Arnie's dad, takes Dennis aside and asks him to just check on Christine. He just wants to know how the repairs are coming. It seems pretty innocent, but of course, Arnie has been very touchy anytime Christine is mentioned in anything other than completely glowing terms, but Dennis is going to do it. And he goes to Darnell's and he's checking out the car. And that's when we're getting more of his premonitions, just his fear about Christine. He doesn't even want to stand in front of her and he doesn't know why. And he sees these odd repairs. You know, there's new windshield wipers, but other things that would make the car run are still not fixed. And so here too is where he meets Darnell. They have a little bit more of a conversation because he's like, oh, my dad used to do your books. And Darnell thinks that Arnie sent Dennis there to make sure that Buddy is really gone. And then he's feeling Dennis out like, you know, I could always use good help. And Dennis is like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Hard pass. I just want to mention too, Darnell also is a little bit freaked out by Christine. Yeah, I like that they're all kind of on the same page. Yeah. Everybody but Arnie yeah. is put off by this car in some way, shape, or form. I apologize to our fans who like sports for summarizing this so quickly, but Dennis plays football and he has a bad season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they got to the the season that was just suddenly about his football team, I was like, <laughs> well, possible to take a nap during a book. but now we get our love triangle the new girl in school lee cabot she's got eyes for arnie cunningham and dennis describes lee constantly every time he sees her pretty lecherously lee's not a character correct she is an object it it isn't this book would not pass the bechdahl test no (laughs) If if this character wasn't in the book, I don't know how much would change. She she turns oh. she's just an excuse for him to say like you haven't been around a lot. Well, it used to be just I'm working on the car. Well, you're not around a lot. Well, yeah, now I got a girlfriend and a car. So Dennis is interested immediately, but he backs off because Arnie's his friend, and he know he likes he knows that he can almost see the sparks flying between them when they're talking, and I thought that was kind of cute. Oh, yeah, that was adorable. Like, he sees that that chemistry that they have together. I was actually really happy for Arnie, though, when Lee came around, because I was like, yeah, he deserves something nice that's not Christine, right? <laughs> uh, later that day, things don't end as well as they began because Buddy Repperton has it out for Arnie, and he pulls a knife on him, and there's a huge fight, and Buddy ends up getting suspended because Dennis primarily, but Dennis and Arnie rat him out for having a knife and the school is like, he gets expelled. Not Did suspended. I say suspended? Yeah. yeah. I mean, expelled. 
So that's definitely going to come back. Arnie gets Christine kind of up and running, sort of sort of street legal long enough for him to take Lee to Dennis's football game. The, the only really important thing here is that we see that Lee, although she's trying to be very positive about the car, and you can tell she's really into Arnie, also has that weird feeling about Christine. And Dennis notices that. Arnie also <laughs> threatens him not to go behind his back. He knows that he talked to Darnell. How, we don't know, but he found out. It's also the the scene, just having Christine Street legal. How long since the beginning of the book has this been? Because it seemed to me he got the car running surprisingly fast. It's been a couple months because they were working their summer job when, I want to say he found Christine in May, June. Yeah, Yeah. now we're in football season. We're coming Uh, up on October. Yeah, as things happen later... Uh, Christine mends quickly. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was uh, faster than that. So we get, you know, the the passage of time with Dennis playing football and being distracted by his bad season and his vapid girlfriend and Arnie and Lee and Christine. Then Dennis has an accident. He is playing uh, the last football game he'll ever play. And he is hit by three defensive linemen and is unconscious for 50 hours. He gets soccer balled on the football field. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he wakes up. He has two broken legs. The left one's broken in two places. A green stick fracture in his right forearm. And he came within... Uh, he had a fractured skull and a, a lower spinal accident that came within centimeters of permanent paralysis of his lower body. I gotta say that in a chapter titled The Accident, in the book Christine, (laughs) the fact that it was a football accident and not a car accident caught me off guard, (laughs) and I kind of thought it was hilarious. I 100% agree. And this is where our narration changes, because Dennis is in the hospital, so he obviously wouldn't be able to tell us everything that is happening. And as you said, Ben, the narrator is not Arnie. It is not a person in the book. It's not a character. I I thought the tone was similar enough to Dennis that it didn't pull me out, but I just, I made note of that. I thought it was interesting how it switched. The thing that I like about it is that like the last line of Dennis's section is him saying that he would be in the hospital until Christmas. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know, holy shit, everything from now till then, Arnie's by himself. Yeah. We get uh, a little more about Arnie's parents, which is kind of where I'm starting to feel that sympathy for them. Because Arnie, you know, Christine is running and he brings her home and he's all excited to show his parents. And of course, that leads to this huge fight between him and Regina. Like, just terrible, terrible fight. And he storms off and his dad chases him and he's like, yeah, your mom's a pill. But also... (laughs) She's going through menopause and she's having a really hard time. And a woman like that, you know, a very um, type A sort of controlling personality, I imagine menopause would really suck for her. (laughs) So I I still don't like the way she's treating everybody, but it makes sense. Yeah. And it's the first time and maybe because it's not through the lens of how Dennis views them Mm -hmm. that we see them both as sympathetic instead of <laughs> instead of the adversary of Arnie. 
Yeah, or the they're just his parents. They're Mm -hmm. yeah. His dad seems like a pretty good dad because he's like, listen, yeah, chill out, but I'm I'm on your side. Yeah, and he he makes a great gesture. He he says to you know take me for a ride. He gets in the car and they go, and that's when we find out that the odometer is rolling backwards. And uh, Arnie just thinks it's a, a wire. He just says, "Oh, it's a it's a wire. Uh, I'll you know I'll replace it once the speedometer goes. Also, it's no big deal." And he says that he's like, "Where are we going?" And he says, "I'm going to take you to the airport. I'm, I'll pay for your long term parking. You'll have to take the bus to get there, but it, it's a place that's not the garage or our house. It's it's a compromise." And first, Arnie kind of fights it. But by the time they get to the airport, he's more on board. He's so on board, he pays for it himself. And I do like that uh, the moment the two of them are sitting there and share, they share a laugh and Christine for the first time stalls. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was pretty great. That's cool. Yeah. Anytime Arnie has a genuine connection with a human while Christine's around, she stalls or the radio or like it doesn't at some point the radio bursts static yeah it's ominous she's jealous unfortunately for christine and arnie one of buddy's friends works at the airport and so he goes back and tells buddy and the other guys that arnie is parking christine there and they decide to pay her a little visit some time has passed and uh, we've been sitting with this knowledge that buddy knows but arnie doesn't know buddy knows he arnie picks up lee and says hey we're gonna have a great day i'm gonna take you christmas shopping we'll just make a whole day of it because things have been a little uh, hit or miss for them because she still has a problem with christine i'm sorry can i briefly talk about the makeout scene i, I forgot a- absolutely yeah we we kind of skipped over christine Christine and Arnie. Uh, Arnie and Lee are in Christine at like, you know, lookout point or whatever making out. And Christine cock blocks him. (laughs) Lee just can't get all hot and heavy in the car. It's freaking her out too much. And this is where I thought, you know, maybe Arnie should have bought a Ford Explorer. You made us go back. This episode is running so long and you made us go back. Okay, I didn't make you go back for the pun. What I actually made you go back for, but I didn't want to slip it in. Arnie Arnie Uh, and Lee. So did Arnie. Uh, Arnie and Lee get into it because she's freaked out by Christine, but does not understand why she should be and cannot articulate quite how she feels to him because she doesn't understand it herself. And it's just a sad moment because you want these two to be happy and you know, it's going to end bad. And then she goes inside and has a nightmare, but not really about Christine. It seems like Christine's stalking her. Yeah. I do like that. She says that she can't have sex with Arnie in the car. Cause it would be like making love inside her rival. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. So uh, jumping back to the airport, uh, they're having this this great day. They've they've reconciled from this chaos. And uh, Arnie, God, he loses his mind the second they get eyes on Christine. Lee is so disturbed, she throws up on herself twice. <laughs> Buddy and his gang have smashed all of the glass, stabbed holes into the side, ripped off the grill, and they took a shit on the dashboard. And poured sugar in the part you're not supposed to pour sugar in. Gas tank. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> we then... later find out, yeah. They also what poured what are they fucking drinking? Wine coolers in the carburetor? Te- Texas driver is the the weird moonshine they yeah, drink. Yeah, they poured it in the carburetor and shitty. fucked it all up. Lee is trying to get through to him, but the, Arnie has her completely shut out. He's mm-hmm. not paying attention to a single thing that's happening around him. He can't be comforted right now because yeah. of what they've done to his true love. So there's there's some more stuff at home. Obviously, there's fallout. Um, but in the meantime, Lee visits Dennis in the hospital to talk to him about Arnie and Christine. Uh, this is a little bit problematic, I guess. Dennis really likes Lee, and this is where I feel like we have this love square. Lee is in a vulnerable spot, and he's having this moment where he's like, I could say the right thing to her. I could just tell her to come over here. Might, you know, just give her a kiss out of friendship and then two kisses for comfort. And then that third one, that's it. Yeah, what is that? Uh, that's his, give her a that's kiss his out, move, you know, out of apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I don't kiss classic, my friends. Classic friend kiss. <laughs> oh, that's how we always end the show. <laughs> yeah. We just, all three of us, we lean over the mic and we share a three person <laughs> oh. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very intimate uh, show. Worst part of recording from home. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie also comes to visit Dennis and they have some good laughs and he lies to Dennis about how bad the damage is to Christine because it seems like uh, something weird is going on with Christine's repairs. So Arnie has to cover his tracks a little bit. This is the reveal. This is the reveal of the back brace, isn't it? Well, okay, so this is yeah, this was confusing. Like, hey, yeah. this shit out. <laughs> well, and that something else happens that kind of confused me. Maybe because I'm listening to the audiobook, which is beautifully narrated. This guy kills it. Anyway, um, he has. Do they switch narrators after n- the first book? No. That's what I asked. <laughs> he has Arnie sign his cast again, so he can compare the signatures because he had signed it earlier. And I, I understand what's happening, like I get what's going on, but it didn't quite hit with the impact I think that was intended because I was listening to it. So I was, I actually went into the book and I saw the oh, signatures. I'm so glad you looked it up. Yeah. So that was cool. All right, you guys, this chapter, uh, this chapter is cool. Christine continues her body count. She had a long hiatus. It's time to get things rolling yeah. again. Let's talk about Moochie Welch, Buddy's pal. I'm not going to lie. I struggled to read this fucking book. <laughs> I, uh, with my history, I was just like, uh, I, I have to finish it. I have to finish it for Brad. <laughs> um, and uh, I was having trouble until the last like two or three chapters. Welch is one of Repertons gang and is hitchbiking back from a concert that was out of town and it was the moment that he says that every pocket on his being is full of loose change (laughs) that i was like this guy's death is gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) it's like one in the morning when he finally gets back in the town and he's gonna go walk up to the gas station where buddy works because buddy will give him a ride and it's kind of cold and as he's walking up the street he sees Christine parked on the street ahead of him. He's like, 
first he's that's when we find out what they did to the engine and the gas tank. So there's no way this car should be mm-hmm. running. Christine comes at him. He like hollers at at the car and Christine charges him. He tries to sidestep it and it takes a chunk out of his calf. Ugh. First thing. Christine charges him after he goes, is that you Cunningham? You're not mad, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's when he dodges is when he discovers there is no one behind the wheel of this car. Uh, he tries to run for a narrow alley, but Christine catches up to him and hits him in the back, knocking him not only 40 feet straight into a brick wall, but knocks him clean out of his <sighs> own boots, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> Reminds me of a long walk. Christine yeah. hits her. Christine hits harder than a vending machine. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Tommy knockers. (laughs) And he, he hits the wall, leaving a blood ink blot on the (laughs) the brick wall. And he rebounds into the street. He tries to get up, but he can't move. And the last thing he says is no, through a mouthful of broken teeth. As Christine runs him over, backs up, waits kind of waits as if thinking it over yeah and then drives over him and back over him a few more times until he is flattened mercilessly this is so cool i mean not only because it's like an awesome gory death the damage she suffers doing that then repairs itself before our eyes god that was cool and now all the work that arnie has done his changes in appearance and his changes in personality the signatures, like all of it seems even more ominous. Like it's all kind of pulling together for the readers. So we get uh, Christine. By the time Christine gets back to the garage, she's fully repaired and no traces of blood or anything on her from her roadkill of mochi. Uh, slides into the garage, into the stall, and Arnie wakes up the next morning and he he feels like hell, but he knows he, you know, I should go work on Christine. <laughs> Oh, and th- this is when we get the introduction of a character I cannot wait to find more about, Rudolph Junkins. <laughs> My favorite character in the book. Just halfway through the book, I want this guy to be the main character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the third book is him. Arnie has skipped school, but he t- tells his parents, like, hey, I'm feeling better. I have to go work on Christine. And we get this uh, very quick moment between him and his mom where she is devastated. She's given up. She's accepted that she has lost him, and it's very sad. And we get a very short moment between him and his dad, where his dad is like, hey, you didn't murder that kid, right? (laughs) His dad and him have a tense conversation about how he's going to be a suspect in uh, this horrible, grisly murder. Then he drives to Christine anyway, because what else is he going to do? While he is out working on Christine, his parents have a short, and we find out he has a solid out. He was in bed, what, 25 minutes before Moochie was run down in the street. So it couldn't have been him, except he had dreams about Moochie and Buddy and Dennis and Lee Ugh. and him all being run down and hit by Christine. So how much control does he have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Following what his dad said, uh, Detective Rudolph Junkins comes and talks to him. And there's this great moment where 
Junkins can tell this kid wants to tell me something. It's very much like uh, Pangborn, mm-hmm. where like this kid is wants to tell me what the truth about what's going on. And before Arnie can say anything that he shouldn't, he feels someone smack the back of his head and it restores him to being kind of a standoffish dick. <laughs> and he fights back to the guy and he's like, you know what? I had nothing to do with it. You've got nothing. You can see there's no damage on my car. If I killed him, there'd be damage. So get the fuck out of here. And so the guy leaves. And after he after Junkins leaves, he calls Lee, tells her that he wants everything to go back the way it was and he feels claws digging into his back now and he can tell that something is standing in his way that something is telling him lee is standing in the way of something and that is where we leave off this section of the reading so cool such a good place to stop too it it is the the shift in this one chapter Mm -hmm. of Arnie being this just kind of it it shifts from just a story about an evil car to suddenly this almost noirish detective story. (laughs) The scene between Junkins and Arnie is fantastic. The phone call of Arnie wanting this to end, but not allowing himself to Mm -hmm. end it. It took until chapter 33 for me to be like, Okay, (laughs) I guess I like this book. Just a final note, I want to assure you guys that I won't have any more car puns. Thank you. For our next episode, because I know how exhausting that can be, and I don't want to drive you two up the wall. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode, where we will be covering the rest of the book, Christine. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn reminding you, good people can sometimes get blinded. And it's not always their fault. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Christine Part 1. We hope you enjoyed it. I feel like Josh and Ben aren't as into this, but I think I can get them to come around. How do you guys feel about Christine? Let us know on our social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.